Hey everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. It's your host, Sam. Back with another episode, it is me, myself, and I once again today. I am here to break it all down. I have been kind of dealing with this very transformative experience. And I've mentioned this in my previous episodes, but I don't think I've been able to articulate it or explain it um, to the best of my abilities because I've never been presented. um, I've never been expected to. And I've been having a lot of conversations with myself about everything that's been going on with me and me only um, simply because I've come across a lot of information that I've been on this kind of journey, this hunt for, and I've uncovered a lot. And I'm grateful for it because I've needed this. I've needed this to just feel fill my soul. And so I wanted to break it down for you guys because I think that when you go through life and you feel like something's missing or you feel like something's off, but you can't put your finger on it and you go into this, this place of like, I need to find more information. I need to learn more. Um, you don't always get the answers you need immediately or at all, really. Um, it takes time. And so I've been lucky enough to come to the place where I found or I'm finding the things that I've been in search of, and it has been a very trying journey. So I wanted to pull back and just explain to you all kind of the things that I endured in this process. I hope that it's useful. I hope that, you know, it's helpful. And let's get this ad out of the way from now so we can jump right into this. Okay, welcome back. So the first thing that um, started or sparked the journey was something I've talked about before. I noticed my moods, my reaction, my triggers were a little bit too close for comfort. So when you are trying to be, you know, as consistent as an individual as possible, you know, there are variations, obviously, but when you can't find yourself, you're not able, you're self-aware of, you know, how you're acting or what you're going through, but you're unable to regulate yourself and keep yourself in a place where you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel happy, all of those sort of things. There's some time that you need to do some self-reflecting and start maybe even seeking help. Now, I started off this journey basically saying, okay, I'm not liking how quick to anger I am or how unable I am to bring myself down. So there's obviously some hurt. So if you pull back a layer, especially when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with anger and frustration, there's hurt involved. So I needed to deal with that hurt and I need to understand that hurt so that way I could properly assess um, what's going on and pull back that layer. That's where therapy came in. So I use therapy as a preventative care. I don't use it to treat any crisis. And I talk about this in my latest video um, in Instagram. So if you haven't checked it already, check out Instagram, everything in me, IG and Facebook, because it's on there as well too. But I use therapy as a preventative care. It's a form of self-care, self-love, um, giving myself quality time. It's an hour where I talk about myself and my thoughts and my feelings, and I'm guided by someone who is intended to be there to help support me and you know understand the process that I'm currently living in, and um, you know guide me. So um, I started with therapy, and in therapy, 
put it all on the line. Hey, I'm not happy with how I'm handling my hurt and my pain. And I feel like something shifted. And as I pull back the layers behind that through therapy of just different concepts, different topics, different things, I found out one, my triggers, you know, caused or stemmed from an era in my life where I had no control, my childhood. My, many people, trust me, I knew it came from there. Now, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly when. So as I discovered joy reading the book, um, completing this, you know, break, it's called, um, it's called burnout, completing the stress cycle, really good read. You have to, especially women, please read the book from beginning to end. It is amazingly written and it's very easy to understand the stressors that we deal with and how we can, um, unpack some of those things because they're, they're sitting there, they're there. Now, as I wanted to replace the anger with joy, I had to understand where did that switch happen in my childhood? So naturally as we are born more, more, more or less, there are, there are pieces of joy that are already embedded in us and in the right environment, they continue to grow. But at certain, at a certain point or certain points, those pieces start to either be removed or damaged or flawed because of, you know, um, upbringing life, um, you know, being in, being in unsafe environments, all of those sort of things hinder us from being able to enjoy that joy. So, um, I spent some time really just trying to trigger my brain and that, to be honest with you, is the most challenging place. I'm 32 years old, but it was very hard for me to remember my childhood. And I, there was actually a meme where it's like, you know, you know, you've been through trauma when there's, there's chunks of time you cannot remember. And that's another thing that was just like, I need to, I need to invigorate and re remember pieces of my childhood to understand where did that joy leave me? Where did it go? What, what happened to it? So my, my approach with all of this, when I'm trying to break down, you know, my anger and the frustration that I live with, um, of just life and being easily brought to anger, I had to use love to counteract my frustration. You know, I can't fight fire with fire and I get frustrated with myself because, I apologize for my behavior. I am mindful of my behavior. I am um, accountable for my behavior. I I welcome people to call me out on my shit. I'm always looking at better ways to be a better version of myself, but I still get frustrated with myself because I can, you know, fall short of where I want to be. I am not perfect. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because I do have a perfectionist Profession, uh, perfectionistic um, mind frame where I'm always trying to hit the mark at the same part every single time, which is unrealistic to expect. Now, with that being said, in order to make this shift, I had to sprinkle in compassion and not only within myself, but I acknowledge these things to my partner. I acknowledge these things to my closest friends, my circle, and also you guys, obviously, that I am undergoing a very transformative space in my life where I'm putting up boundaries. I'm not looking back. I am honest about my shortcomings. I am attempting to complete things that I've had lingering for. I can't tell you how long. 
I am in the process of really just absorbing this life that I currently exist in and shifting things. So with that being said, it has caused a lot of disruption in my life, including my relationships, um, my work situation, you know, my relationship with myself. It's caused a lot of disruption where it's almost scary because I can't control it. I can't um, prevent it. I can't, you know, do too much behind it because there's just no way I can gather all of that. And it, it's been a learning experience because I've never been so serious and so focused about my own healing. And it's really caused me to reevaluate some things from a standpoint of like, something's not working. I need to address this. I need to revisit this. I need to look at things a little bit differently. And there's nothing better than putting your mouth, you put your money where your mouth is because I am doing the work. And I wanted to express that with you guys because it has been very hard to be compassionate with myself. I'm very hard on myself naturally. And so the fact that I'm not getting it or the fact that I'm not you know, understanding, you know, what I'm going through or being able to stick with certain things is, is very hard for me to process and deal with, but I am still very hopeful. I'm still very encouraged. I'm still very motivated. I'm still very connected with God and what he wants for me. And I know this is where I need to be. There's so much healing that's happening and I'm processing at the same time. It's almost scary because I don't know who's going to be or who, how I'm going to be on the other side. And that's 100% honesty on my part. When you are growing and when you are healing, when you are evolving, the version that you end up in or you, you know, you, it results into, there's a lot of things in life that you outgrow and you're no longer going to be able to tolerate or deal with. And that may be your living situation. That may be your goals, your life, the things that you thought that were important to you, that you were, your milestones you're trying to hit, your job, everything. It just, Everything doesn't feel or taste or look the same. And the fear with that for me is that outgrowing the life that I currently have and yearning for something else is terrifying because that's a start over point. That is a let's break things down point. That's a let's really reevaluate everything. And I'm learning that it is a natural part of life. And it's also something that I've also welcomed. So me and the university, university, me and the universe have had this conversation where I'm going to go wherever I'm supposed to go, even if that means that where I was felt like home. Um, And I've done that whether I wanted to at some point. And sometimes I've done it because I I knew it was coming and I I wasn't going to wait any longer. And having that mindset can be really challenging because it requires a lot of effort. What I'm doing within myself is saving myself, saving others from having to deal with a person who is bitter, who is hardened, who is hurt, who is um, damaged, if you will. Um, I don't like using that word because we're not damaged. We all have our own traumas and stressors and things that we're going through, but I am doing the work on myself so I can be better to myself and others. And on in this lifetime, it's so important that we take advantage of all of this 
especially when you have kids involved or you are looking to be an impact or interact with other people. It's just so important for you to be responsible within yourself. So this journey has caused me to really almost rely on therapy because I had a depressive episode earlier this year where I felt like I was in such a funk. When you are asking, I'm asking for some really great shit. Like I am asking to be way different than I am right now, not by design, but because I don't feel that I am living to my full potential at this very moment. I am, I am content. I am comfortable in a sense. Um, but I don't feel like I'm at my full potential and that's where things have to be rearranged and, you know, thought of differently. Now, another thing is, when you are a child, you have little to no control of your upbringing. And this, the truth, this, the same goes for me, um, where you live, what you eat, um, who nurtures you, who doesn't the safety element, all of those sort of things, the parenting style, you have little to no control over that. And so that can be extremely terrifying for the simple fact that, the outcome of who you are and the work that you have to do once you come out of that can be lengthy. It can be really detrimental. And some of us never do the work and they become in a, they shift into a different um, version of themselves that they can't get back to that joy and that childhood innocence anymore. Now, once I was able to realize that something happened, I have been doing the work of, like I said, revisiting my childhood. Now that has been the most interesting part of it all. Because obviously I view my childhood, you know, from infancy to, um, probably childhood. I don't know, maybe like 17, 16, 17. Um, because at that, at a certain point I wanted to be so independent. I was looking at houses um, I was looking at places to move into. I wanted a job where I could work full time and I could just get the fuck out. Like, honest to God, I was ready to get the fuck out. Now, the parts after kind of revisiting certain things and how I did this was through visual memory, through sensory memory, through conversations, photos, um, is how I started to unpack certain things. So one of the things I remember as a kid is being at my aunt's business, um, her car wash business and doing a Lego set that I really enjoyed. So I remember it vividly and I actually Googled to see what year that was. And that was 97. I was seven years old. And then I have another memory, um, of us, you know, going to, um, Disney and I asked my mom about that. And that was like 95. So it it slowly but surely was helping me put certain things together. I remember when I turned 10, um, the house that we were in. So I moved from one house to another house when I was 10. Um, and I was in fourth grade, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was in fourth grade going to fifth grade. And I remember turning 10 because my brother called me. I was like, how does it feel to be double digits? And I never forget that. And I remember where I was and I remember what was happening. I remember birthday parties at the other house. And so that helped me just bring myself back to that place. And honestly, those were some of the best times of my life where I had the most 
consistency, stability, the sense of family, a sense of connectivity. Um, it was a lot more easier going than anything else. Sense of community. I played in the neighborhood. Um, there's a lot of really great times that I remember being in my own room, playing with Barbies and, you know, being in the neighborhood. I caught, caught lizards. I learned how to swim. A lot of very foundational memories. Then when I fast forward to like middle school and transferring into a new school, a new house, all of these sort of things, things shifted. That's when the my mom had infidelity with my dad. Um, I had to deal with that. My aunt passed when I was fourteen. Um, that my brother moved to California. Um, my sense of stability and sense of like safety was completely jeopardized for three or four years, where it was very scary and uncertain. And ever since then. I've never been able to um, regain that in a consistent sense. So um, when I was reading Demi Moore's book, she talks about a, a part where her mother is attempting to do suicide and her father kind of calls her in and asks her to remove the pills that she's trying to consume from her mouth um, and Ever since then, she's literally said, like, after that, my innocence was stolen. Like, I was no longer a child. I was on edge. I was always alert, very observant. I always was really basically waiting for the next episode. I was on edge waiting for that because you don't know. You can't rationalize that as a kid. Oh, that may have been a one-time thing. After that, you no longer have a childhood. You you feel as though it's been robbed for you and you suffer from being either very anxious or on edge. I suffered from anxiety. I'm actually interested in, I used to, to write music and poems and I know I wrote it during middle school, which was really trying for me because I was going through depression. My body showed it. Yeah. Hormones were definitely involved, but there was just sense, there was just sense of like no hope, you know, and being overlooked. I was wearing the same size clothes as my mom and my sister-in-law. I was just, just, all over the place and very unhappy with myself. And that goes hand in hand. I think a lot of our bodies reflect that when we are unhappy with ourselves, it obviously shows externally. So that's something that um, I definitely have noticed over the years. But as I'm unpacking all these things, I even visited my aunt's grave and just had a moment with that of just, I missed her because she was my savior. She was the calm, the peace. My mom has always been very rambunctious and very unpredictable. And that can be very scary because you always have your guard up. You just don't know what you're going to get. And you have to react in a moment's notice because she can just go off and you have to brace yourself. And when you live with someone, you can't just close the door. That is a part of it. But that doesn't necessarily completely protect you where you no longer have to tolerate or deal with it. Um, you know, it was, it was very stressful and very trying to be in this environment because um, I never, ever expected it. Obviously you don't, you don't know the, the cards you're going to be dealt when you you're raised, but you know, I can't even explain to you all how much quote unquote damage, um, it has done to my sense of safety, stability, um, all throughout high school. I was very alert, very hesitant, 
um, very um, observant of other people. I never was one to jump right into something. Um, I can count on my hands how um, you know how many people I've ever been with. I've always been very like apprehensive with things because I don't like not being in control, but I also don't like the unpredictability of certain environments. And if I'm not familiar with it, I'm even less inclined to want to involve myself in it. And that's a good and a bad thing where trying new things, getting out there, things like that can be very scary and very challenging. But the other part to it all is that it definitely is scary. It's scary as hell to put yourself out there. I definitely love life and I definitely love sometimes being spontaneous and going with the flow. There's so much beauty to it all. And I try to welcome more of that optimism into my life. But after those series of events that happen over time, they definitely put a chip on my shoulder. And it's been a labor of love to shed those layers, revisit that chip and make myself whole again. And going back to my childhood of just joy, you know, I had the not, I had a greater relationship with my younger brother. Life was just so much different with my aunt there. She was just so calming. I remember staying at her house several times to get away from the chaos and all those sort of things. It was just so much easier, you know, to, to be like, I remember having tons of things to do, having great moments with family, friends, all those sort of things. And as you know, that shift happened. My sense of safety was removed from me. My sense of stability, my self-worth, it, you just, you feel like you become overlooked. I've had my brother still, you know, my younger brother steal from me. I had to change my lock to be a padlock on my door, keep my key. I was the only one with the key. Um, you know, I've had random people in the house when I would go use the restroom in the middle of the night. Um, he's had house parties where it's been almost to the point where we're just going to break the whole house. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to feel okay when you've been exposed to so many different environments where you just didn't, you're always looking over your shoulder. You're always on edge. When I would go to parties, I was never in the middle. I was always in the back. I was always, you had my back against the wall because I needed to know what was going on and what was happening. I can't tell you how many times where I've caught certain things and I'm like, "Mm, this isn't right. We need to leave. This isn't right. We need to move from here. Um, Because you just learn the sense of like safety that you have to, to create for yourself in order to get to the next phase in order to deal with whatever may be coming your way because you just don't know what may be next. And it doesn't feel good to experience death or a loss of self on your own by yourself. And to couple that with not having another individual in the house, a male figure in the house or close to you that you could rely on to, to give you access to that side of things, um, or just relationships in general, having someone who could give you access to that. Um, especially when you feel like in your heart of hearts, you want to be in a committed relationship and you're going through puberty and dealing with guys or dealing with people and considering those things and, you know, make, making your mind up, having trust and having a space in your life or in somewhere else for someone else is, is important if that's what you want, if you're choosing that. And when you feel like you can't trust anyone completely, or you can't, um, 
ensure that you can be safe around someone else, you know, friends or family. It's, it's, it's extremely exhausting, exhausting on thyself because you become your everything. And that's where the independent woman was born, where I was no longer going to allow anyone else, including my parents to represent a sense of safety or salvation for me. Now, let me be clear. I was never raped. I was never physically abused. I was probably verbally abused, but I was never any kidnapped or anything, any kind of, you know, extreme harm. But there were a lot of arguments. The police were called several occasions. Um, it just, it just became overwhelmingly unpredictable, like I said, and uncomfortable to live in. And so this kind of hardness came over me where I needed to always be on guard, always be mindful of my surroundings, always be mindful of just paying attention to those little switches and changes in behavior that could signal to me, something's going to happen tonight. You don't want to be around for this. You need to leave. Or, you know, I think it's time to just remove yourself so that way the energy can kind of clear out because who knows what's going to happen next. So I had to learn that on a pretty, in a pretty early age of removing myself from individuals. So I like to spend time with myself, but it isn't always healthy because that's where you can get into your own head and then you can cause more damage than good. And what I mean by that is when you are looking to have friends, family, you know, partners into your life, but you have practice or you have learned or you have, you know, operated from a space where you just keep to yourself, it is contradicting. And what eventually will happen, because the more that people try to come in, the more you go into your own world, because you're so afraid of what that may turn into, you push them away over and over and over again. And it's at different degrees. Don't get me wrong. It's completely different degrees of when that might happen and what that looks like, but it does happen. And and I've seen in other people, I've seen myself do that. And these are things that are a lot to work through and a lot to understand and definitely take a lot of time to break, especially when they're habits. But if you want to, you can have an abundant life. You can have an abundant world that you live in. You just have to make the necessary changes to be able to welcome that and to be able to have that coexist with you. Now, um, the two versions of me are vastly different. So the version of me that existed as a child who was innocent, joyful, and fun-loving, I miss her. I miss her very, very much because she was a teacher. She was an artist. She was a creator. Um, She was a fun-loving person, very enjoyable. And the version that came after the fact of everything having to, you know, everything happening um, became very hardened and very bitter, um, very serious, very bossy, very controlling, simply because she was in search of her own safety, her own sense of self, and couldn't find it where she lay, where, you know, where she lived. And 
you know, this world is very large and hard to consume. Um, and so, you know, you, you find ways to just tolerate or just deal with certain shit, but at the end of the day, it's exhausting. It's very confusing and finding yourself within the world is even more confusing, but over time, you know, moments of that joyful version started to appear. And what I started to do was I started to miss that person. I usually see the joyful version of me when I have less responsibility. I'm in a manicured space, such as like a maybe an Airbnb or a hotel. I'm in a, a city that I don't have any really any connection with. So it's open-ended. Um, and I'm like, wow, I really enjoy that that girl. She's fun. She's invested in herself, but she's open and she's amplifying her time. And I wanted to merge the two, if you will, and I want to reinvite that version of me to exist. And I'm in the process of doing that. I'm in the process of loving on her. Um, I spoke with a family friend who's known me since I was a baby. Um, and the way she spoke of the joyful person made me grieve for her even more. Because she can see that version of me, even though it's hard for me to see her. And she is connected to that version of me. And I don't think she fully understood the things that happened, you know, that caused me to lose sight of her. So I had to share that with her just to help her understand what I'm breaking down and what I'm trying to go through in order to get to that place. But honestly, I feel like all of us in some way, shape or form have a version of us that we had to leave in order to cope, in order to deal with the life that we currently have. And maybe we've thought of that person, you know, from time to time and we miss that person and we wonder what it'd be like if that person was still around. Personally, I'm again on that journey to reintroduce that person, get to know that person <clears throat> create more space in my life for that person because I find that I resonate more. That person is more truly who I actually am versus the version that I created, which can be seen as the mad woman, just to deal with the life that I had at that moment. And removing the mad woman of her duties and welcoming the version of me who is more refined and more... um just open and available to be loved and to be seen and to be understood. That is hard for me to do because I am afraid and I don't think I know the joyful version of me enough to fully embrace it. But in order to create the change, in order to, you know, welcome the opportunity and all of the, all of the above, I have to remove, I have to shed, I have to let go of the version that no longer serves me and the version that was created just to solve or to survive. Um, I want to thrive. I need to thrive and I'm ready to thrive and it's hard, extremely hard, but I am optimistic still. I'm still hopeful still. I have so much faith in that 
And I just have to allow God to give me the space to heal and figure things out so I can enjoy the the version of me that is all about thriving. And, you know, give some compassion to the version of me who's got me here. Because without that mad woman, I wouldn't be here right now. She is the balls that I don't think I've ever had, but she has given me the opportunity to stand up for myself, to push myself, to honor myself, respect myself when I felt like it was extremely hard to think of doing such a thing, you know, previously. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here and I'm hopeful that I will continue um, on this journey And I just look forward to all of it, every piece of it. And I hope that this inspires you all to consider looking at yourself and that switch. And I think we all can resonate in some way, shape or form, the different environments we've been a part of where we've had to alter ourselves in order to cope, in order to withstand the situation. And maybe now that we're older or now that we have a chance to, just refocus, realign and reconnect with the version of us that we feel closest to and feel like is the most representative of who we actually are. And hopefully welcome that person back in, you know, and in a loving, compassionate, slow, patient way. So that way we can connect and be authentic, the most authentic I think we ever will be. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. I deeply appreciate it. And I look forward to chatting with you guys in my next episode.